Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. This is Marcia Nelson, and this is the show, The New Feminine Wealth. I'm so glad you've joined me today. I have a very deep subject to talk about today. We're going to talk about wealth and true self. First, I want to mention a couple of uh, sort of housekeeping things. I want to give information right at the top of the show about how you can call in or tweet in or email in with your questions and your comments. Sometimes I get so caught up in the content, I forget to to give that. So um, I really want to give you that opportunity because I love hearing from you. And the questions that you do send me are always so provocative and so interesting And understand, please, that when you ask a question, don't be shy about it, because if you have a question, there are a lot of other people listening who have that very same question and are going to be relating to the discussion that develops because you spoke up and asked your question or made your comment. So to call in and talk with me directly, you want to call area code 347 215 6138-347-215-6138. You can also email a question at listeners at sylviaglobal.com. Listeners, with an S, plural, listeners at sylviaglobal.com. In the subject line, please put new feminine wealth uh, or wealth, yeah, anything like that, and the producer will will pick it out and forward it to me. Uh, You can also uh, go to Facebook and put your question there on the Sylvia Global Facebook page, Sylvia Global, pretty easy. And you can tweet your question with the hashtag N, let's see, I'm dyslexic, I have to think this through, New Feminine Wealth, NFW. Uh, radio, NFW Radio, hashtag on Twitter, and that will get to me as well. <sighs> this has been a really uh, interesting morning for me. It's been action-packed and fun, fun-filled already. Uh, my guest was going to be the wonderful Kimberly Hudson. She and I had a conversation on air last week. We talked about new conversations about wealth. It was dynamic. It was interesting. It, in fact, it was. So, I was so fascinated with it that I ran out of time and didn't even have time to sign off. And so she was going to be coming back today, and uh, perhaps you even tuned in to hear her. She woke up this morning with no voice. Uh, she was sick and she had no voice, and that makes radio a little bit difficult. So she is going to be here next week. Kimberly Hudson will be here next week for part two of our conversation uh, about new conversations about wealth. And she is an entrepreneur who has started 
12 businesses. She is an inheritor who inherited a very large sum of money at one point, uh, which was in great part a surprise to her. And she is now uh, in a venture capitalist. She invests in other people's small startup businesses. So she has a wide range of experiences, and she also is very rooted, very rooted in herself, very balanced in her relationship with her money, and she comes really from the heart and the soul of who she genuinely is, which is what makes her such a fascinating guest for me. So tune in next week, and you'll hear part two with her. She's going to tell a little bit more about her story of what that transition was like, going from knowing she was going to inherit something to then finding out she had inherited a lot. How did that change her? And what have been her challenges and her triumphs? And what is her relationship with life like that makes life really rewarding for her? All relative to women and wealth. It's really important that we talk about these things. on, on the, in fact, on the new Feminine Wealth show, I always am interested in presenting ways that women can embrace their relationship with money in a more balanced, in a whole, and sometimes in a very healing way. Many of us have experienced from our culture or our families or uh, communities or sometimes our religious groups, a wounding around money, a feeling that money separates us from others rather than connects us, sometimes a feeling of not deserving or of not knowing how to handle money. And this tends to be true across the board, no matter how much money a woman has or doesn't have. Scratch the surface, and most women have a a feeling of unease around money, and they may in some ways really be feel very positive around money, but underneath they also have somewhere in themselves where they feel on shaky ground with it. If you ever feel afraid of other people's judgments about money, about how much money you have or don't have or what you're doing with your money or whether you deserve your money or whether you work hard enough for your money, etc. If you ever have fears of other people's judgment, then that's a sign, that's a symptom, that's a cue that you have an unease in your own relationship with money. The New Feminine Wealth is a place where we can talk about all that. And uh, today I want to talk about it from a very specific perspective. I want to talk about it from a, a, a spiritual perspective. Spirituality is one spoke on the wheel of wealth. And in fact, I think it's really important at this moment to to think about how do we define wealth. For you, what is wealth? Obviously, wealth, when when somebody says wealth, the first thing that comes to most people's minds is money. But women in particular are very quick to go on to other things in life that are part of their wealth. 
is, for example, part of feeling very wealthy in life or like you're living a rich life probably also includes relationships. You want to have good relationships. Maybe you want to have a good uh, romantic relationship, a marriage or a life partner. You want to have, if you have children, you want to have good relationships with your children. You want to have good friends. You want to be part of a community as well. These things are very important to us as women. And what are some other, other spokes on the wheel of wealth? Contribution. We all want to help others. It's an innate human drive to help others. We want to contribute to the world. We want to have meaning in our lives. Part of a wealthy life is feeling that we've lived a life with meaning and purpose, that we've made a difference, we feel connected. Uh, and then, of course, there are other things like freedom. For some people, it's, it's travel. They want to want to travel around the world or they want to have the freedom to pick up and go when they want. What have I not mentioned that is part of your wheel of wealth? And when we can identify the spokes on our own personal wheel of wealth, we can then identify which of those spokes do we really feel we have strongly in place in our life and which of those spokes maybe are weaker or some spokes might be missing altogether. You can call me, email me, Facebook me on Sylvia Global Facebook, tweet me and during the show and let me know what are the spokes on your, your wheel of wealth that you still are in the process of strengthening or developing or that you're just or maybe you just don't even have a clue how to do it but you're missing it. I'd love to hear. And you can also phone at 347-215-6138. One of those spokes is spirituality. For most people, now not everyone feels a spirit that they have a spiritual nature or an interest in spirituality. I want to talk a little bit about the connection between spirituality and money because it's one that our culture does not usually make for us in a positive, empowering way. Spirituality as a spoke on the wheel of wealth can make all the difference in how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about others, how we feel about our life, and how we feel about money. Now, when I speak about spirituality today, I'm not speaking about religion particularly. Um, and, and it's becoming very common for people to say, I'm spiritual but not religious, or I'm speaking about spirituality but not religion. So you, you, you probably know what I mean by that. But just in case, uh, I'll, I'll clarify a bit. There's an element in who we are that, in my perception, is made of spirit, is spirit. Religion is the form in which we choose to participate in a spiritual way and in an organized way with other people. Each religion has its own specific set of beliefs. There's a lot of overlap, I believe, among all religions. 
And when we identify as being religious in a specific way, whether it's Christian, whether it's Muslim, whether it's Jewish, whatever. There, you know, I, I I heard recently that there are actually thousands on Earth, and I had no idea. I thought, well, maybe there's a couple hundred if you count variations of major religions, but there's a lot more than I had ever known. I'd had my eyes open to that. So, I. When I name religions, uh, I run out of things to say really fast because I'm always leaving out so many religions, and I don't like to do that. But you know what your religion is if you have one, and there's a spirituality that is expressed specifically through those religious beliefs and participation in that particular religious community. And that is the backbone of of spirituality for, for many people. When I speak today, though, I don't want to address particularly anybody's uh, religious beliefs because those are sacred to each person. Spirituality that I'm talking about today is very much we are made of spirit. It's my perception that we are made of spirit. Who we are in our essence is spirit, and then we can take on any beliefs that truly suit us and nourish us and support us and use those as our as our religious beliefs for our lifetime. True self. The title of the show today is Wealth and True Self. I consider true self to be the spiritual essence of who we are. So again, it's not necessarily what we spiritually, I mean, excuse me, what we, what our religious beliefs are, but who we are in the core of our being that holds religious beliefs or that holds political beliefs or that holds expectations for ourselves and our loved ones in our lifetime, who, the, who we are the being we are deep down in our core, who is interested and curious about the world, who feels a purpose or a calling in life. And anything that is a true, truly important value for us is seated in that essence of who we are, our true self. Money is something that is rarely talked about in the same breath as true self or our spiritual essence. And I want to shift that a little bit today for us. I want us to really talk about what does money have to do with spirit? What's the spiritual purpose of money? What could that possibly be? So take a moment, think about, answer this for yourself. What do you believe the purpose of money is? And now I'll ask it slightly differently. What do you believe the spiritual purpose of money is? Spiritual purpose. It's helpful to know what the answer to that question is for yourself. It's helpful when we know that. Now, if there's any negativity in the answer, I'm going to suggest that that's not the deepest answer. Sometimes people feel that 
money is a dangerous thing because it changes people. It makes people become insensitive to others or separate from others. It sets us up to be judged by others. But I'm going to ask you to go a little deeper than that. And in your true self, that is the one source that is in all of who we are as individuals, that's the one source that is always safe place. True self, deep down, is unconditionally loving, unconditionally patient, caring, compassionate, and always knows our higher purpose, always knows the bigger picture to our life. True self will also automatically, always, 100% of the time, help us to feel loved, supported, cared for, nurtured, and will always help us to know and fulfill our life purpose, our greater life purpose, so that we can be of greatest service to others, but also to, of, so we can be of greater, greatest service to ourself in our living out a life of meaning and purpose. So we often forget, we look for well-being and support and caring from others. We often forget that we have an unconditionally generous source of well-being and caring and support within ourselves. That source, true self, is also the source that can guide us in our relationship with money. So my answer to the question, what is the spiritual purpose of money, is to support us in being all we can be in this world, to embrace life in the most fulfilling way, and to be of greatest service to others. Nowhere in there is money a negative thing. Nowhere in there is money something we have to be afraid of or we have to be guarded about or we have to defend ourselves about or we have to fear judgment about and so on and so forth. The spiritual purpose of money, I suggest, and you may have a different perspective and I welcome that and I would love to hear from you about that. Is that the spiritual purpose of money is to support us in being all that we can be and to live our lives in the fullest way and to be of greatest service to others. The interesting thing about that definition is that money then connects us with others. If money is here to support us in our lives, part of that support is to help us be of service to others Money is a force that connects us to others in a really positive, life-affirming way. When we veer off that path and we use money in a way that does not support us at a deep level and genuinely being um, balanced, rooted in who we truly are, happy, healthy, connected to life, connected to our life purpose, or when we use money in a way that is... In, is not in any way in service to others, then money, then we're off balance in our relationship with money. And sometimes then the more money we have, the more off balance we feel and we don't know why. 
money, the purpose of money is to support us and connect us with others in a mutually empowering way. Wouldn't it be great if we grew up learning that, if we were taught that money is one way to support ourselves in being genuinely happy and healthy and to be of service to others? What if that was the primary uh, message we were given about money as we were growing up? I think the world would be a bit different. We wouldn't be afraid of money and we wouldn't see so much misuse of money, so much use of money in a way that takes advantage of others or that has fear attached. Why would we fear money? Why would we fear money? I have a, um, there's a question that, it's a common, common question. And it is, um, I have, I, I have an uncertainty about money, no matter how much money I have or haven't had in my entire life, I always feel uncertain about my financial future. This is a perfect question for uh, true self and, and wealth and true self. Because what that means to me is that fear about money, that fear of having that fear about not having, the fear about if I have money now, it could disappear tomorrow or it could be taken away. And it could. Money can always disappear. Money can always be taken away. But the fear about it means that we're not connected to our true self. So let me give you an example of how to connect, which I think is what this question is about, how to connect to your true self when you have those uncertainties and that fear about money. Just remembering that true self is your inner source of rootedness, your inner source of relationship with money can help. Because when we're afraid about money, we're really afraid about externals, what can happen externally that can make me lose my money or what can happen externally that can make me feel uh, feel bad about my money or feel that people will judge me or that I judge myself. To get in touch with true self takes us immediately to a place that and a state within ourselves that is non-judgmental, that is unconditionally loving and supportive. So sometimes just breathing begins that process. I always suggest that people take a moment and just breathe. Now, you're breathing anyway, aren't you? So what kind of a, an instruction is that? Uh, but breathing is, breath is the most reliable, one of the most reliable things we have going in our lives. Breath breathes itself without us thinking about it, without us having to um, deserve it or do anything. And Breath keeps us alive and supports our well-being profoundly. So just noticing the breath, breathing, takes us instantly, inwardly to a very, very supportive inner, inner source. Breath. Breath. It's life-giving. It's life-sustaining. From there, imagine that the breath is breathing you a tiny bit deeper into yourself, into your core, and that there is a core of well-being there that is undisturbed always. 
Now, you might picture it as uh, a warmth uh, or feel it as a warmth within or a calm place. Some people picture it as a light, a gold light, a white light, any kind of soothing light that emanates. And it's energy, so that that makes sense. And then assume that that inner source also is 100% supportive of you in money and will guide you and will always say yes to you having whatever will give you well-being. So how does that change your relationship with money if you are dropping a little deeper into your true self, into a place where there is calm, well-being, unconditional love, a very gentle love emanating maybe from your chest, maybe from your heart area? And there is a sense of my well-being is supported. From there, look at money. From there, think about money. What if from there, you think about money is here to support me and to support my fulfillment in life and to support me in sharing gifts with others. Money supports me. Money supports others. And for maybe two minutes, three minutes, that's all there is to money. That's an inner source of well-being that we do not usually connect with money. When we repeat that maybe a minute or two each day, it begins to grow. Your experience of it will begin to grow and change, and it will really become your your experience. You might find that you start to hear that inner voice, that quiet inner voice, that genuine intuition, that guidance from your true self, from uh, a deep source within you that knows exactly what you need to hear to get the truth that you to get the assurance to get the calm to get the well-being that you need to have while you are thinking about money. So I want to take a a break from that for a moment and remind you that you can call in at 347-215-6138. You can email questions to listeners at sylviaglobal.com dot com and put new feminine wealth in the subject line and you can go to the Sylvia Global Facebook page and write a question there. Also I want to mention um while we're uh thinking about while I'm thinking about it, uh next week I am gonna have a pair of guests who are also Sylvia Global radio hosts, Emily Bouchard and Jamie Traeger-Muni, have the show just before mine. It's um, called Wealth Psychology. So next Tuesday morning, you can tune in for them. They're from 8 to 9 a.m. Pacific uh, time here in California. And then go to the kitchen, make yourself another cup of tea, grab a croissant, 
come back, and at 9.30, my show starts up with them, <laughs> and they're going to continue what they start talking about on their show, and then we're going to dive into it um, a little more deeply on my show. And the subject is going to be um, how to talk with your children about money, how to talk with children about your wealth, how, to, how, does, how, do, how do you initiate these family conversations? What are the things that you absolutely must talk to your children about so that they can avoid pitfalls that many people who are inheritors or who grow up with wealth uh, fall prey to? And what what is it that your children most need to hear? So that's next week. And then the following week, Kimberly Hudson will be back with us. Um, let's talk about judgment. Because you know what? True self is the antidote to judgment. Whenever we fear the judgment of others, we fear our own judgment. If we are trying, struggling within ourselves to feel good about ourselves, the worst thing that can happen is for somebody else to voice in a judgmental way the very things about us that we fear are true. That can be crippling, and that can make us put up walls and stay separate from others in in certain ways. We all know people, you know, you know somebody that you really really like and you enjoy talking with them, you maybe even do things with them, and yet you can tell there's a bit of a wall there. There's a place where you just you know not to even try to connect more deeply with them there. You probably have a wall of your own in some way. I certainly have a wall of my own. I sometimes notice and usually those walls are in some way related to our fear of being judged. We feel vulnerable or we feel uncertain. And so we're, we don't want to let anybody else get too close because if they judge us in that way, then it can be crippling to us. So we're good to, it's good to protect ourselves. Being um, protected is, is, is a very positive, adaptive way to live, but it also has its limitations because it keeps people away and it can keep us from moving forward in parts of our lives that actually would be really, really fulfilling. Sometimes our greatest strengths and the greatest gifts that we have to develop within ourselves are behind those walls of protection. So we want to get to them. We want to get to them in this lifetime. So what in what ways are you afraid of being judged around money? Now, I ask this today for a very specific reason. When we, in whatever whatever your answer is, in what way are you afraid of being judged about money? You are in actually drawing that judgment to you, and it's the strangest thing because... Have you, you've had that happen, right, where somebody says something about you and it's like, oh, God, I wonder if it's true. I was afraid that's true. I think that myself. Or that's not the first person to say that to me. And it can really be annoying or discouraging and disheartening if we get the same kinds of judgments coming toward us again and again. But I want to present the idea that that's not a bad thing and that to open ourselves 
to our fears of how we're judged by money, about money, from ourselves or from others, can be very liberating. Because there's something that's trying to work through that that self-judgment. And we're always going to be off guard if we don't work through that self-judgment. So, for example, if I have a fear, and I hear this a lot. I've been uh, coaching women for 25 years, and I hear this a lot. Uh, If I'm afraid that somebody is going to judge me, that I don't deserve the money I have, that is going to be crippling to me because I'm going to always be struggling on that within myself. And I don't want to go through life that way. That is no fun. And it's going to keep me from feeling relaxed about myself, from feeling safe, from being open. And I need to know that I have a very solid sense of deserving of all the good that I truly have in my life. And money needs to be one of them. Without that sense that we deserve all the good we have in our lives, we are going to feel vulnerable and fearful. So imagine that you feel you really deserve all the money that you have now. Sometimes people say, well, I don't have very much, I want more. Great. The place to start is I deserve all the money I have. That comfort with money is a very creates a very powerful energy for drawing more money to you. I feel very comfortable with the money I have. Be comfortable with it, love it, enjoy it, appreciate it, even as you're going about the task of increasing that that financial good in your life. On the other end of the spectrum, women who have, by any standards, a lot of money will have the same feeling often, I don't deserve this money or I'm uncomfortable with it. And it's the antidote is the same. Become comfortable with it. I deserve this money. I deserve all the good in my life because it's all here to support me in having a balanced, fruitful life and it's here to support me in being being in service with others. So we have to start feeling really, really comfortable. How? How? Well, you know, it helps us to to remember that every person just by nature of being alive is deserving of good in their lives. Every flower in your garden is deserving of water and good soil and sunlight. You are deserving of all the good in your life just because you're a human being. We make it way more complicated. Well, I have to be a good enough person or I have to do the right things or the right people have to think well of me for me to deserve it. That isn't true. It isn't relevant. It's not true. We can never come to a place of deserving when we're thinking of it from that kind of logic. 
The fact that you exist means that you're as deserving of all the good in your life as a flower in your garden is deserving of water, good soil, and sunlight. From there, from that place of deserving, when you know it, it doesn't have anything to do with what, quote-unquote, kind of a person you are. You can be flawed, you can be have your your faults, your foibles, you can make all the mistakes you've ever made in your life, you can make the mistakes you're going to make in your life. And just the fact that you exist, just the fact that you're here in this world means that you deserve all the good that comes to you in your life. It's important to own that to own that, to choose that, and to take that as your personal responsibility to feel, to know that just because you are here, you deserve all the good in your life. Love, connectedness with others, money, anything that you consider good, you deserve it. Let that sink in for a moment. There's a lot of ways that each one of us can apply that. Just because I'm here, I deserve all the good in my life. From there, it's the, the natural extension is I also deserve all the good I want to create in my life that I have not yet manifested, have not yet um, gotten to in my life. Eddie spoke on the wheel of wealth that we were talking about earlier. Uh, Relationship, love, connectedness with community, freedom, travel, uh, self-love. Self-love needs to be a big spoke on the wheel of wealth. Uh, any, Any of those spokes that you still want to create or develop, know that you already deserve that good that you're wanting, that you're longing for, that you choose to commit to. You already deserve it. That gives a sense of empowerment, doesn't it? Do you, When you feel that, is, do you sit up a little straighter? Does your, your chest feel a little fuller? If it does, you deserve that too. You deserve to feel that well-being. You deserve to feel that uh, sense of you know what it is? It's a sense of I belong here. A little more of a sense of I belong here in my life in this world, and I belong in that I belong in the flow of good. So I challenge you to own that, to take responsibility for that, to be responsible in the sense of yes, say yes to that. This is me. This is who I am. I deserve good. I'm here to participate in a world where there is a flow of good. And I can't be a participant in this world if I am not participating in the flow of good in the world. And I cannot be of service to others in the world if I am not participating in the flow of good. To participate in the flow of good in this world, you have to let yourself deserve all the good that comes to you 
just because you are a human being in this world and that's what you're supposed to do. That's what being in this world is about. If you think that right now you're doing some good things for others in the world or in your personal life or within your family or your community or maybe you or just you're praying for others for people that you don't even know it's not an outer action but it's an inner action. If you think that right now you're contributing you're you're doing good for others as you own even more your presence in the flow of good that circulates through the world at the spiritual level, at the energetic level, you will find that you are of making an even greater competition, contribution. I'm going to talk about competition. That's interesting that word came out. But you are making an even greater contribution. You won't be able to hold yourself back. The more you feel like you belong in the flow of good, you will get inspired to do good things that in this moment can't even enter your awareness. Synchronicities will happen or you get connected up with other people who give you even more empowerment through collaboration or opportunities to do greater good in the world because you're identified as being a person who's in the flow of good. Not, I don't mean reaching out to the flow of good. I mean you are sitting in it. Who you are is in the flow of good. And it all starts with owning that because you exist as a human being in this world, you deserve all the good that can possibly come to you. And that includes money. That includes wealth, financial wealth, whatever that definition is for you. There's no one thing. You deserve whatever level of financial wealth you find yourself having or you feel drawn toward. You deserve all those other spokes of wealth as well. The love, the freedom, self-love, empowerment, uh, compassion, creative expression, travel, um, voice, if you want to speak or you want to sing or you want to write, whatever it is. All of these things start with owning, I deserve all the good that can come to me in this world because I am in the flow of good. I step up to the plate. I'm no longer hanging back. I'm no longer a wallflower to the flow of good in the world. I'm stepping forward consciously, intentionally, uh, saying, yes, I'm in the flow of good in the world. I deserve it because that's the nature of things, that I'm in the flow of good in the world. And you can let yourself be filled with it, enjoy it, love it, be empowered by it. Yes! I like this. This is good. And from there, I promise you, whatever is left undone in your life purpose, your your um, whatever is left out in terms of not enough meaning in your life, whatever is, is next for you, whatever way that you might be of greatest service to yourself, to others, and I mean service in the in the wholehearted, balanced, absolutely supporting the well-being of self and others, all of that will come through. Synchronicities will happen. Opportunities will appear. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's lovely. And I don't want you to miss out on that. You deserve it. Have you not been listening? You deserve it. And we need, the world needs you 
to be in that full flow of good for yourself. Remember where it starts. I deserve good. I deserve good because that's the nature of life. I'm in the flow of good because I'm here. It's my personal responsibility to open to that flow of good, to enjoy it, to own it, to feel it, to let it support me and fill me and balance me and give me empowerment and connect me with my true self to that place of undisturbed well-being. That's it. That's where it starts. And then from there, again, I promise you, as you maintain that, you keep coming back to it and choosing it and saying yes, the flow of good itself through you will create connections, opportunities, synchronicities. You'll find doors open for you and things happen for you that you never could have thought up before you stepped into that ownership of being in the flow of good. Take the personal responsibility to make peace with all the good that is already in your life. Choose it, own it. From there, everything else that is meant to be in store for you will come through. So this is part of the spiritual aspect of money. As you're open to that flow of good, you are standing in your true self. That is your spiritual essence. And and from there, I want to say again, you can have whatever religious beliefs and worship that you want to have. This is in no way um, interfering with that. Um, In fact, this will support you in being even stronger in your uh, religious uh, worship and celebrations and activities. Your, Your religious relationship with the world will thrive too. I have to pause and inhale. I'm actually sitting up straighter myself. It's 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 very nice to talk about this. Um, you can also, after the show, uh, you can post on Sylvia Global Facebook page your thoughts about the show, what this did for you, where it took you, further questions you have, because I, I check that page almost every day. And um, I do enjoy hearing from you. Everything I talk about on the new feminine wealth is for the purpose of starting new conversations about wealth, about that, that wheel of wealth and all the spokes on that wheel of wealth. fun. I like talking about this. You know, we baby boomers are are big communicators, aren't we? And um, it's just so fun to get conversations going. I want to uh, remind you also that next week, for more conversations, uh, my guests will be Sylvia Global radio show hosts, Emily Bouchard and Jamie Traeger-Muni. And they have the show just before mine. It's called Wealth Psychology. And we are going to be talking about how to avoid the pitfalls of uh, family uh, what are the patterns, I guess you might say, about wealth. How, how, to, how to keep your kids specifically out of the pitfalls that can uh, sometimes swallow kids up as as teenagers or adults, 
We're going to give you a template for family wealth conversations, and we're going to hear from you and take your questions and comments. So next week, be sure and tune in uh, with them, and, tu- and tune into their show as well, because they're going to start the conversation with their show at 9 a.m. Pacific time, and then my show, no, 8, 8 a.m., 8 a.m., God, I hope I said that right the first time earlier, 8 a.m., they're from 8 to 9 a.m., and then my show is from 9.30 so I have uh, another question here, and it is about, uh, let me see, I'm going to have to just interpret this for a moment. It's a little bit of a long one. What? Oh, good. This is, what is a, a, what's a tip? Can you give a tip for embodying the things that you've talked about today? Um, that is... You know what? I'm going to suggest something I haven't suggested before. I'm going to suggest that you listen to the replay of this show. All of the shows, all of my shows, all the shows on Sylvia Global uh, are posted as replays at sylviaglobal.com. And um, sometimes it takes a day or two or three for them to get posted, but usually it's faster. It might be up later today. Go to sylviaglobal.com and you'll see my picture and my name under uh, show hosts. Click on that and it will take you to my page at Sylvia Global, the the Marsha Nelson page, the New Feminine Wealth page at sylviaglobal.com and scroll down to this show and replay it. You can download it, I believe. You can download the MP3, and or you can play it right there on the screen, and you can also uh, get it as on iTunes as a podcast. Because it, I think this one bears re-listening. Um, so that'd be my first suggestion. The second suggestion is make time every day. It might be one or two minutes. It might be five or ten minutes. But make time each day to take a few breaths. And every breath is a good breath. It doesn't have to be really deep or slow or anything magical. But your breath is already magical because it keeps you alive without you even thinking about it. Take a a few breaths, notice your breath, and just assume that each breath is breathing you a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper into your true self, even if you don't know where true self is. It's your spiritual essence. It's the core of who you are. And it is also a place of unconditional love. Unconditional love and unconditional well-being because there's always well-being there. Your outer life can seem like it's falling apart and you can be having a tough time getting through the day. But I guarantee you that true self-place within is never feeling distressed. Never, because it is unconditional well-being. That's why it's a spiritual source. It isn't caught up in the the stresses and strains of outer life. It sees the bigger picture, and it sees everything with love and well-being, and it resists nothing. It sees the possibilities for greater good, and it also knows exactly how your relationship with money is meant to nurture, support, and support you to help you fulfill your life purpose of connectedness and belonging in this world. 
and to be of greatest service to others automatically, without even striving, without even trying, without even telling yourself you should, your true self knows exactly how to guide you into being of greatest service to others with ease, with well-being, and with love. So a minute or two of gentle breathing, assuming your breath is taking you into that state, that source of true self, unlimited, unconditional love, well-being, and inner guidance. It's there. So that's, that's uh, listen to the show again, because it'll go in, you'll, you'll get it at a deeper level the second time around. Uh, a minute or two of that breathing into true self. And then I'm also going to make a suggestion that you do a journal entry. Maybe you journal all the time and you think, oh boy, yes, I love journaling. Give me a little journaling assignment. Maybe you don't journal. doesn't matter. You will be successful at this because you just have to do it and that's success. I would suggest that you write, start for a week, a journal that is about I deserve and and am empowered around money. And Ask yourself this journaling question. What would I feel like if I knew absolutely I was living in the flow of goodness and I belong in it? What would it feel like if I knew I was living in the flow of goodness and that I belong in it? It's a simple question. So write that question down and then just see what comes to you because I want you to experiment what with what does it feel like in my body if I when I know I'm living in the flow of goodness and that I belong in it. The flow of or you can word it any way you want that I'm living in the flow of good through the that's streaming through the world, whatever you want. You can change the wording to suit you, it's that I want you to feel it in your body. Well, how does it feel like? Do I sit up straighter? Does my jaw relax? Do my shoulders drop just a little bit? Do I just feel a little bit calmer? It might be something really subtle like that. That's fabulous. Or it might be more. You might find that you feel happy. Or you, you might find that you feel excited about your day. It doesn't matter. There's no right way, so there's no wrong way to do this, but I want you to get used to noticing your body sensations of be, when you think of being in the, the flow of good in the world. Um, and then as, as the second part of that, there's the body. And then what? Then then, then be open to, to asking yourself, well, then, what might how might i think or act differently today in the i'm in the flow of goodness and i belong here how might i think or act differently today and see what comes you might for 3 days you might not really get anything but the fourth day something comes to you and it might be that that for the rest of that day you feel very 
self-loving, you just find a natural compassion for yourself. Or you find that you don't feel defensive about things that normally you would. Or it might be that you get an inspiration about something that you're going to do that never occurred to you before. It could be something completely different. Those are just just possibilities. But that's all I want to do is open the world of possibilities to you. And this is where the word of a a competition came earlier. You might find that some way that you feel competitive with others or you fear others' competition with you, even about how you dress. Oh, I don't look as good. Are they, oh, they're going to judge me for how I, I don't look so good today or something. Any issues of competition usually melt away in this space as well. And they can melt away for good, for good. Well, I've enjoyed talking to you today, and I want to uh, thank you, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. And again, I want to remind you that you can get the replay of this show at sylviaglobal.com. And uh, my name is Marsha Nelson. You can find me online at marshanelson.com. M-A-R-T-I-A Nelson.com and have a wonderful, wonderful week.